Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Phil Giraldi, our dear friend, joins us now. Phil, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much for coming back on the show with your unique analysis. Uh, you have written a heartbreaking piece, or it's about to be published, uh, about Gonzalo Lira, uh, the American citizen and how the embassy abandoned him in Kiev and how he was beaten and tortured and eventually died in a, a Kiev hospital. But before we get there uh, and before you fill us in on these most unpleasant but revealing uh, details, just um, a couple of general uh, big picture uh, questions for you. Uh has Ukraine just about lost? Is it just about uh, over? Well, I I would say from what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, uh, and particularly some of the people you've had on the air um, that have been talking very specifically about the the war, I would say that the uh, it's it's all over but the shouting. You know, this is. Uh, Clearly, a war that uh, has uh, was created to a certain extent by the United States and Britain and, and some other NATO countries egging on the Ukrainians to take on the Russians and not to negotiate with Russia over the issues that were dividing the two countries. So this was a bad war right from the beginning. And uh, there never was any real uh, ability on the part of Ukraine to defeat Russia. So this is... Uh, uh, caused maybe half a million deaths of uh, primarily Ukrainian soldiers uh, for nothing. And uh, essentially, this is something that will have to be negotiated uh, in one way or another, uh, either victor and defeated or however. And so, yeah, this has been a catastrophe from the beginning. And the fact that the U.S. and, and Britain and NATO have been pushing this uh, over the pile of dead Ukrainian bodies is is a is a tragedy for everyone involved. Yeah, I think it's basically over, but the, but uh, the whatever is going to come out of it at the other end and territorial concessions uh, will come out, and uh, it will be probably the way it would have been negotiated two years ago. When a, a war reaches a point like this, a catastrophe for the American side, what role, if any, is uh, the CIA? Playing. Are they still on the ground 
in um, Ukraine, for example, uh, are accurate reports making their way uh, to the White House, or is the White House still getting the spin that CIA bosses think the White House wants to hear about which you and McGovern and Johnson have warned us many, many times? Yeah, I think there's a lot of spin still in the system because a lot of people have equities in the way this goes and how long it drags on and so on and so forth. So insofar as the CIA, I would, from my own experience uh, in the field with the CIA, uh, not ever in a war situation, but in close to war or Cold War, um, I would guess that CIA... Uh, has probably a pretty heavy presence uh, in Kiev right now. Uh, many of them under military cover or under State Department cover. And I would bet that most of the information they're getting, uh, apart from technical information, is coming from their Ukrainian counterparts, who at this point are probably pretty desperate to make some friends to help them out in terms of what might be coming. So I would think that they're getting a lot of information from Ukrainian military officers and intelligence officers. And of course, this has to be looked at with some, uh, you know, a critical eye, I would say, because uh, there is a lot of self-interest in the pot. But that's the kind of turmoil I would imagine is going on now. And of course, you know that that many uh, uh, senior military officers in Ukraine are beginning to hint that Zelensky's time might be limited, meaning that a coup attempt could come up fairly soon to end all of this. So the reason I ask this, Phil, is because I wonder if the American uh, leadership even knows what's going on. We're going to play a clip for you, which is number 13, Chris, which is the Secretary Blinken at Davos. I think it was yesterday. And he starts up by saying Putin has failed. This is ridiculous. I'm really wondering. I'll let you comment on it after we watch this. Is intelligence getting to them? Are they getting truthful information? But let's hear what he has to say. It's absurd. Uh, but I want your thoughts on it. Number 13. Putin has already failed in what he set out to do. He set out to erase Ukraine from the map, to eliminate its independence, to subsume it into Russia. That has failed, and it cannot and will not succeed. Yeah. Second. Uh, Ukraine has not only stood up to the aggression over the past year, it took back more than 50 percent of the territory that had been taken from it in February of 2022. The last year, uh, the last part of the last year has been challenging. But even then, something that got little notice, what Ukraine managed to do in the Black Sea, opening it up, pushing the Russian Navy back and starting to get grain out to the world. It's been the breadbasket of the world. It's gone back to that as a result of actions it's taken. I mean, this is if he truly believes what he said, he is utterly deluded by his own people. And if he doesn't believe what he said, then he's utterly lying to the world. He knows the forum that he's in there. I think he's smart enough to know that he's lying. I mean, all of the facts that he just cited are not true. Uh, Russia, in the beginning of its military intervention, had, had no uh, design desire to take over uh a hostile country with 40 million people, uh, it, it wanted to take over the areas that were uh, being contested 
And uh, that was uh, pretty much the, the objective of the campaign. So that's a lie. And it's a, you know, it's, it's a lie that the Baltic Sea, has, has, the Russian Navy has been pushed back and uh, the Baltic Sea is now uh, free uh, to uh, Ukraine. That's, that's not quite true either. And uh, uh, this, this, this lie that always keeps coming out about how they've regained 50% of, uh, of the land, that, uh, the territory that Russia uh, in its offensive was able to take, that's just not true. If you look at a map, you can see that that, that is, a, is a complete lie. Um, I, I think there's something wrong with this guy. And uh, there, was, uh, there have been some, some, some strange words from former friends of mine who were State Department officers about how um, he's viewed from inside the State Department. And he's, he's losing a lot of his credibility, even with his own people. Uh, well, yeah. here, here's another example uh, of this. Uh, Jeff, uh, Professor Sachs was just outraged at this hand-wringing, meandering uh, cut number. This is in the same forum. Uh, the questioner, in case you didn't recognize him, is uh, Tom Friedman from The New York Times. Uh, this is also at Gaza yesterday, number 11, Chris. One of the things you hear so often from people, given the high civilian casualties in Gaza, is does the United States, do Jewish lives matter more than Palestinian and Muslim lives, and Muslim, Palestinian Christian lives, uh, given the incredible asymmetry uh, in casualties? And I've been asked that. I want to give you a chance to respond to that. No. Period. Um. For me, I think for so many of us, um, what we're seeing every single day in Gaza uh, is gut-wrenching. Um, and the suffering we're seeing among innocent men, women, and children breaks my heart. The question is, what is to be done? We've made judgments about how we thought we could be most effective in trying to shape this in ways to get more humanitarian assistance to people, to get better protections and, and, and minimize civilian casualties. Um, and at every step along the way, not only have we impressed upon Israel its responsibilities to do that, um, we've seen some progress in areas where, absent our engagement, I don't believe it would have happened. One of our commenters writes in how does he sleep at night how does he live with himself he could stop this stuff with a with his his boss could with a phone call i'll let you take it phil man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that unless you're browsing carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back get comfortable carvana's got thousands of cars under twenty thousand dollars just waiting for you I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch 
Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, well, that's, that's again, that's a, uh, uh, a, a kind of propagandistic vision of uh, what is going on in Gaza and, and what Gaza is all about. And uh, uh, one um, can never doubt that the U.S. Secretary of State working for a president like Joe Biden is going to have to be protecting Israel every step of the way and trying to make the United States look like they're uh, playing some kind of positive role. Um, uh, it just came over the wires a few minutes ago that uh, um, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu responded to a U.S. Uh, request that um, there be some kind of Palestinian state uh, as part of the outcome when the fighting in Gaza is is finally finished. And he's talking about basically uh, creating uh, something with the uh, with what he considers to be the good Palestinians, the ones who are in Ramallah and uh, getting rid of the Hamas people who are in Gaza. So but uh, uh, Netanyahu came back and said, too bad, there is going to be no Palestinian state in the future of this region. And uh, he concluded that uh, we uh, friends can sometimes disagree. So that's what we're going to be seeing here. And it's going to be uh, a lot of verbiage coming out of people uh, in the administration to defend Israel, to defend what comes out, and to try to make the administration look good going into elections uh, with uh, whatever comes out. So this is a total disaster in the making. There is no other way to describe it and there's no other way to describe the american role in all of this as anything other than monstrous we have uh, a cut for you the heart of what prime minister netanyahu said you've you've uh, summarized it and described it perfectly phil however he does use a line in there you'll hear it which if you said it and you were a palestinian person on the Columbia University campus, you'd be kicked off. But now the Prime Minister of uh, Israel is saying it. Number 17, Chris. For 30 years, I am very consistent, and I'm saying something very simple. This conflict is not on the lack of a state of Palestinian but the existence of a state, the Jewish state. Every area that we evacuate, we receive terrible terror against that. It happened in South Lebanon, in Gaza, and also Judea and Samaria, which we did it. And therefore, I clarify that in other arrangement, any other arrangement, in the future, the state of Israel have to control on the entire area from the river to the uh, sea. This is what happens when you have sovereignty. This truth I say to our American friends, and I also stopped the attempt to impose us a reality that will jeopardize us. A prime minister in Israel has to be able to say no, even to the best of friends, to say no when you need to and to say yes when you can. If his best friend in the White House says no to him, the war is over. And you heard that phrase, from the river to the sea. You can't say that on an American campus, college campus today without being kicked off. I know this is going to raise, this raised your blood pressure, but I want, wanted you to see it. And I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on it. 
Well, precisely. I mean, he's uh, he's basically saying that uh, he if you if you reverse the coin and uh, use that language and you're a Palestinian, uh, you can be arrested in uh, places like Germany and uh, certainly on a U.S. Uh, uh, university campus, you will be uh, uh, disenfranchised and, and uh, forced to leave. So, yeah, but it's OK for a Jew to say the Jewish state is going to have that entire territory. Uh, what about the 5 million Palestinians who live in that geographic area? Are they all going to be killed? Uh, are they all just going to be pushed into uh, the Mediterranean Sea or into, the, uh, into, into Egypt, which Egypt would not be happy with? I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, Israel, Israel has been the major recipient of U.S. aid among all countries, uh, historically speaking, and that includes the Second World, World War and the Marshall Plan and everything like that. And Israel com continues to get in excess of $10 billion every year from the United States. And as we've seen recently, uh, Israel can start a war and kill people and we will give them the weapons. So, I mean, come on, where are we at in all this? I mean, what is of the benefit for Joe American in Iowa uh, who is uh, sitting and watching this and getting this stuff down his throat about Israel being the great ally and the best friend of the United States, which is all nonsense. And, and we, keep, we keep riding this horse and Congress keeps riding this horse. This is ridiculous. Let's uh, get to uh, back to Ukraine and the tragedy of uh, Gonzalo Lira, uh, about which your a piece that I don't think it's out yet, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, describes his demise uh, so uh, eloquently. Uh, he he was an American. Uh, the embassy knew he was there. They didn't give a damn. Phil. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to speak now? Oh yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gonzalo Lira is a, is an American uh, American born um, Chilean American uh, ethnicity. Um, he is a kind of quirky journalist. He has, uh, he's very popular on, on internet sites. He, um, he is a kind of guy who goes places where others fear to tread. Um, he's, he's basically been living in, uh, uh, Ukraine for the last couple of years. There, it, it has been rumored that he has a wife and children there. That may be the reason he's there, but he's been recovering the, uh, the war, uh, extensively online most of the time, uh, and uh, he's been very independent-minded in saying what he thinks to be true. Uh, he's uh, basically sympathetic to what the Russian arguments were for the intervention in the first place, and he finds the Zelensky uh, regime to be uh, bordering on a, a dictatorship, and this is increasingly so. So he's been very critical of it. And when he got too critical of it and uh, was not careful enough, they arrested him. And um, they, he wound up in a, um, a top security uh, prison run by the intelligence services where he was presumably tortured, beaten, and received other gifts from them. And eventually came down with uh, pneumonia uh, and he was not treated for it for three months. It uh, basically wound up killing him, or there's an alternative story that he might have been killed by his jailers. So anyway, 
this guy was in contact with the U.S. Embassy. He's a U.S. citizen, and uh, he was explaining his, his, his troubles with them, and uh, he was basically ignored. And uh, my uh, assumption on all of this is that uh, uh, somebody like Joe Biden or his Secretary of State uh, with a single phone call could have gotten this guy out of prison, and they just would have deported him. But the fact is they let him die. State Department officials working at the embassy in Kiev were fully aware of his story and what was being done with him. But apart from a, a, a couple of calls made by low-level officials, uh, nothing was done, as far as I could tell. So this guy wound up dead, American citizen. A primary job of embassies overseas is to protect Americans. And he wound up dead because of the lack of any kind of inertia coming out of a U.S. embassy under the Biden administration. Again, I think this is disgraceful. Was he a CIA asset? Um, I cannot answer that 100% because uh, I'm, I'm not inside the, the system now, but I, I have never heard that uh, suggested. Would the CIA have been in a position to spring him, or do they defer to the State Department? I mean, theoretically, Ukraine is an ally. The guy's an American citizen. Why did they allow him to be killed in jail, in a prison? And imprisoned for, what's the phrase? Dissemination of materials justifying Russian aggression. Stated differently, freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, the fact is that we have, we're, what is the tab now for what we've given Ukraine? In excess of $100 billion in equipment and money? Uh, and all it would take a, a call, even from the ambassador, probably in, in Ukraine, and this guy would have been freed. And, and uh, but instead, they preferred to see him die for whatever um, incredible reasons might be uh, cooked up in the White House and State Department. But uh, it's it's just it's it's disgraceful that it went this route. Okay, this guy was a critic, but he was uh, he was not hurting anybody. He was not. Uh, in fact, he was basically calling for people to stop killing each other. And uh, so this is, uh, it, it's just so surprising and, and shocking. And there have been a number of, uh, of people that you would be familiar with, uh, Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, uh, Dan McAdams at uh, the Ron Paul Institute. They've all written pieces on this and they've all, you know, come to the same conclusion as I, that this is just a disgrace. It's, it's a shameful incident uh, and would there have been too many shameful incidents in recent history, I would say. Switching gears and, and also sticking with your column. By the way, is the column that I keep talking about, is the column out yet? No, it's uh, it's going to be appearing at the UNS site. Okay. I'm going to submit it tomorrow morning, and Ron Unz might very well post it tomorrow. Okay. So I'll, I'll keep you alerted to that, and uh, we'll be posting about it on my pa Facebook page. Okay, there's another item uh, in that column that intrigues me. Was Jeffrey Epstein a Mossad agent? Yes. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, how, he how, can, how can an American born in the United States uh, be a spy for a foreign government? Well, a lot of Americans born in the United States have done so in the past. It's usually for money or access to power or access to things that, that, that clearly Epstein would have been interested in. He also, of course, had a ongoing relationship uh, with Ghislaine Maxwell, who is the, 
the uh, daughter of a leading Israeli, British Israeli spy. There's another example of a British, a British uh, uh, citizen who spied for Israel and was a leading spy. Uh, so Epstein, um, if you look at the guest list at his uh, at his many mansions, uh, you will see that uh, senior Israeli government officials, including intelligence officials, were regular visitors. So I don't think there's any doubt but that he was a, a Mossad uh, agent or co-optee. He it might was, be someone that just did it because he believed in doing it. Was a friend of Bill Clinton's. Was was Bill Clinton? Did Bill Clinton know he was hanging out? Uh, with a Mossad agent. Well, Bill Clinton uh, should have known that, judging from uh, who, uh, what kind of company Epstein was keeping. But but Bill is often very insensitive to things that uh, he doesn't want to know about. And uh, he was on the uh, on Epstein's plane apparently 27 times, and and was at his uh, beach resort in Florida, uh, and and in the Caribbean, and. Uh, but it's claimed that um, there is no definitive evidence linking Bill to any of the uh, sexual peccadilos that went on there. Last thing in your uh, that I wanted to ask you about was uh, Bernie Sanders, not somebody that usually agrees uh, with you and me and many people uh, watching the program, uh, offered uh, legislation in the Senate, which would have required as a condition of Israel's acceptance of all the money we're giving them, a report on human rights abuses in Gaza. It was uh, it was tabled yeah, he, he, by a vote of eight, uh, 88 to 12. Of the 12, 11 were Democrats, the only Republican that voted to keep this alive because he wanted to vote in favor of the legislation uh, was Senator Rand Paul. Uh, I'm going to assume that you were not surprised that the war party which is three quarters of the Senate uh, voted to kill this very reasonable piece of transparency. Yeah, what it, what it sought to do was have the U.S. Embassy and the State Department um, um, issue a regular report on um, human rights violations by Israel. Now, this would be a, a normal procedure for any country that the U.S. is giving military aid to or giving money to in any form or another. And yet in this case, because it was Israel, it was, uh, there, as you say, there was 11 and one were the only ones who voted uh, for it. And uh, there were more than 80 who voted against it. And um, it was tabled. And once it's tabled, it sits there until it dies. Talk about heartbreaking. Phil, thank you very much. Thanks for this piece, a great piece that uh, the UNS, U-N-Z site uh, will have out uh, hopefully uh, tomorrow uh, or Saturday. Thanks for your time. And thanks for your courage in discussing these things that are upsetting to the powers that be. I know that's never stopped you in the past, but keep it up, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for having me on. Of course. Of course. Uh, still to come. Colonel Larry Wilkerson at 4 o'clock Eastern and at 5 o'clock Eastern, the inimitable Matt Blumenthal with some really strong stuff uh, that he just said to a bunch of pro-peace uh, constitutional scholars in Washington, D.C. We'll run the clip. You won't want to miss it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.